Hello there, this is Dr. Alan Hedberg, and uh, this is the Psychology Report. Good to have you with me today, and uh, today I would like to address an issue that um, is soon coming upon us, an issue related to Thanksgiving. And uh, within a matter of a week, we'll be at Thanksgiving, and um, it raises the question, what was life like when the first Thanksgiving came around and we started to celebrate the thankfulness what God has allowed and provided and uh, brought about in the lives of many families and individuals, and then became kind of a national event, and now we all celebrate the issue of Thanksgiving, what life has been in our lives and as, as a family and individually over the past year. But in the first Thanksgiving, we're going back into the uh, 17th century now, into the 1600s, the late 1600s. You know, that was the Puritan time of living. That's when families were Puritan, and um, the Puritan way of life prevailed. What was that life like? What was it like to be a Puritan? What was it like to be a child in a family, a home that was Puritan? What was it like to be a parent that raised the family within the Puritan ways, the pilgrim ways, if you will, as if they, as the ways that the pilgrims lived and raise their families. What was it like back in those days? Well, let me give you kind of an overview of this. And this is not all the points, but this is a kind of a little bit of an overview. and give you a little bit of a feel of the pilgrim way of life or the Puritan way of life in the uh, late 1600s. The family was to function as a religious unit. You see, the family was perceived as being something that God brought about and that God ordained in some way and that God placed his hand on that unit called the family, and the family was to recognize God and to recognize that they were one, but that the thing that bonded them together was their religious faith. So the family was to function as a unit, but there was to be a religious bonding of all the people within the family. So there was a strong recognition of religious faith within the family. Secondly, every home was to be a church like a church home, if you will. Every church was to engage in family worship with the head of the house being the minister. That was the father. So in other words, every home was a church to itself. All the children came together, parents came together, grandparents perhaps came alongside, and all together they formed a unit that they called a church, a home church, a church home. And the father was the minister, and he was to then teach a class. He was to teach the scriptures. He was to teach religion. He was to teach morals. He was to teach values to the family. This was a time every week that values were to be talked about and taught and encouraged. Morals were to be taught. And um, the parents were to be the leaders of that, the examples of that, so that the family church was a very special unit and a very special time. Now that isn't the only time during the week that they worshipped together as a family. They sang songs and hymns and they would maybe have a Bible lesson every night. The father would prepare that and provide that for the family. But at least once a week, generally on Sunday, the family was to worship together with the father being the minister of that particular family. Number three is, the home was to be a place where patience was practiced. The home was to be one of consistency, of goodwill, and encouraging 
others. The attitude of encouragement was to prevail within the Puritan home. In other words, it was to be a positive place, an uplifting place. It was to be a place of encouragement and patience and, and understanding and uh, affirmation, if you will, for each of the children and each of the members of the family. Again, the father was responsible to make sure that the children were affirmed, that the wife was affirmed, that the family together had a sense of patience, had a sense of togetherness, a bond, and a goodwill for each other. They were not to be at conflict, not to be in conflict with each other, but to have a, a sense of goodwill and, and be encouraging to each other, to uplift each other and help each other. See, the Puritan family was large. It was not uncommon to have 12, 13, 14 children. And uh, obviously, within that kind of a family, conflict was inevitable. But the, in the Puritan home, there was to be an encouraging attitude encouraged that was supposed to prevail, and that children were to help each other, work together, encourage each other, support each other, and then parents were to do the same thing. Also then, the Puritan life was to be lived with a passion for effective social change. They were to be men of action. It is workers for God to change the world, if you will. Now, what that means is that justice was to prevail within the community, the Puritan community. People were to be treated in a proper and just and right way. And if there was conflict, if there was problems, if there was difficulties, it was to be corrected. And the, you started that within the family. You did not let uh, disarray take place. You did not let conflict prevail. You did not let people have anger towards each other and express anger towards each other, that was to be immediately addressed and resolved. And the whole community was to operate on the basis of justice, fairness for all, goodness for all, consideration for all, help for all. And there was not to be any kind of discrimination or differences emphasized. It was to be that we are one and we are to work together, we are to support each other. That was the Puritan way of life. And for the Puritans, marriage and family life was sacred, was considered sacred. You know, in our day and age, you know, marriage is convenient. Marriage is something that's practical. Marriage is something that we do for the good of our own selves. It's a very selfish kind of a thing. But in the Puritan way of life, marriage and family life was sacred. In other words, they recognized that it came from God, it was a God thing, and they were accountable to God, you know, for it. So today we have departed from that. Obviously, we departed from all of these points that we've just, you know, kind of indicated. No longer is a family kind of a religious unit, just a group of people who kind of function together and do things together and succeed together and work together and help each other, but without the recognition of having a religious underpinning, you know, in it. And then when you look at the Puritan way of life, the objective of family life was to be the training of children caring for the children, saving the children's souls, and educating them for sober, godly, social, and useful adult living. Now, that's a mouthful. But that was the objective of the Puritan family, was, first of all, to focus on the children and train them, raise them up to be children who were cared for, who were supported, who were loved, and who knew they were loved and supported. The children who also were educated not only in topics such as Latin and Greek and Hebrew languages and history and in the world history and mathematics and reading, not just those kind of things, but they were to be educated in sober living, 
is that is be humble, to always have in mind self-control, to be godly in their living, to be social, socially aware, and to be helpful, and to be part of the social network of the home and the community. And they were to be raised in such a way that as an adult they would be useful to the community, useful to the family, useful to the future of America. That's how the Puritan family was to be organized. And then lastly, since preaching in church was so much part of the Puritan way of life, pastors taught family life from the pulpit. Pastors emphasized family life from the pulpit. Families were taught how to be families. Families were taught how to be a community together. Families were taught how to encourage each other and to be supportive of each other and to build up each other's faith within the family. So Puritan way of life was very different than it is today. We don't have that kind of mutual commitment. We don't have that kind of, of orientation of goodness for all and justice for all. We don't have that orientation that religious underpinnings are to be in every aspect of family life. We are, we've gone it ourselves, we've gone our own ways, and we have looked at ways in which what is best for me, what is best for myself, is what prevails, rather than what's best for the overall tone of the family, for the overall goodness of the family, overall goodness of the community. Okay, that's, that was the Puritan way. It was be outside yourself. Today we are inside ourselves. In those days it was beyond ourselves, and today it's only ourselves. Now, a little bit further about the uh, Puritan uh, way of life. You know, the people worked long hours, sun up to sundown. They had electricity, so they had to work with the, by the sun. So when the sun went down, that's when their, end, their day ended. And I uh, went to bed and got up again when the sun came up. So their work day was skewed according to the sun. But they worked all day and with very long hours. Children worked and the family worked. They didn't relax much. They had difficulty relaxing. They didn't take time to relax because that was like a waste of time. That was like time gone by without any real productivity. So relaxing was not particularly encouraging. Very encouraged. They did, uh, thirdly, they did set high demands for themselves, high expectations on themselves and on each other as a family member and as a community. In other words, everybody was expected to do their part. Everybody was expected to do a little bit extra. Everybody was expected to make sure that the whole community ran well and ran uh, in the best interest of everybody. Also, in the Puritan family, it was large, it was active, it was challenging, and the family was demanding. Everybody had their own needs and their own demands, but I tell you, the family was committed to making sure that every family member had their needs met. Now, in the Puritan ways, in those days of the 1600s, there was a lot of deaths, a lot of premature deaths. People didn't live as long. Children often died as a result of illnesses and diseases of various kinds. So life was precious. Life was really a, a, a focus of, of sacredness, if you will. It didn't last long. And uh, you made every moment count, and you made your relationships count for good. And you tried to be a bond, a bonded family, so that you support each other, gained from each other, and contributed to each other. But life was short, and we realized that, and many people were, of course, buried prematurely in what we would consider today. So death was taken very seriously. Death was something to be respected and be feared, but so was life. You know, in those days, also, families lived under a threat of the Indian population. 
there's life-threatening conditions uh, as a result of many of the wars. The Indians were at war with each other. The Indians were at war with the white people. And uh, there were many, many wars that were taking place. And that was the threat of the day. Often your home was the uh, uh, bastion of support and, and protection. It was like a fortress. That's where you saved yourself and protected yourself. So life was threatened. You know, and today we are threatened too. We're threatened from forces outside. Families are threatened by forces within, and families are threatened by forces without. The drug culture threatens our family today. The differences in religious backgrounds threatens our people today. Our political system is even threatening to people today. We have a whole different level of threat than what they had in those days, but nonetheless, it was threat. And people had to keep that in mind and protect themselves and protect their family from the threats from outside the family. And then lastly, in the Puritan days, the families lived with limited funds. They didn't have a lot of money. Often they had a bargain, bargain, and they had a barter. You know, food for certain services. And um, they had to make sure that they could make it from one day to the next, and one year to the next, and one crop to the next, and one season to the next. That's how Puritan life was. It was always with a sense of unsureness and uncertainty and uh, just the uh, anxiety as to whether we'd be, get through the winter or whether we would get through the crop season so that we'd have a good crop or not, so we'd have, be able to eat in the winter seasons. There was a lot of sharing and a lot of working together and a lot of helping each other within the general community just because of that. So there were some good that came from it. But at the same time, that Puritan family did live under a certain degree of risk and uncertainty and anxiety just because they weren't sure if the crops would be successful, if the threats from the Indian or from any outside source, or the weather for that matter, is going to be friendly or not. So today, perhaps we're lucky. Today, perhaps we're very fortunate. Today, we have abundance. And today we have ways of protecting ourselves. And today we have ways of bringing about success and achievement and ways in which we help each other. We're smaller families. We can work together better. And we have educated families. We have educated children. We have educated parents. So many different advantages today. But sometimes we don't recognize that. We're not thankful for those things. So Thanksgiving coming up in a few days will give us a chance to reflect to be thankful for what we have and to be, frank, be thankful for what's been our, uh, our uh, successes this year and our achievements this year. The things that have come to make life what it has been, an easy life, a better life than maybe what the Puritans had. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Reflect. Be thankful. Be grateful. And just share. Just share. Commit to a life of sharing and helping and supporting and encouraging each other in the same way that, that was so much a part of the Puritan way of life. This has been Dr. Alan Hedberg, and obviously this has been the Psychology Report. Glad you uh, joined me today. And uh, to help your family life a little bit more, check out my book, Doctor Teach Me to Parent. You'll find it on my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up a copy, give a copy to someone as a Christmas gift. You have 
a new parent in your family, give it as a gift. If you have children in your family that are raising children, give it as a gift. Give it to your grandchildren. Give it to your children. Give it to a friend. Give it to a neighbor. Give it to somebody you know that's now becoming a parent. It's Dr. Teach Me to Parent. It's, good. it's a good book to deal with issues that come up in, in the life of every single family. Okay, that's booksbyhedberg.com. Nice to be with you, and thanks for joining me. And we'll see you again. Bye for now.